Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for part two of our conversation. My name is Paul Mugara. I'm with my dad, Benoni Mugara Motana. Please say hi, dad. Hello, everyone. We are so pleased that you are able to come and join us at this particular time. We pray that you will be blessed through this time together. Yeah, we're, we're having a series of conversations about calling. Um, one of the fascinations that uh, my dad and I share is what happens sort of in that initial spark, that, that initial thing that calls people to ministry. For my dad, it was a very radical um, it was a very radical conversion experience that he happened. I actually helped him write his book last year. It'll be coming out at some point. Um, uh, my sister Gloria is going over to the fine tooth comb, but um, it was really interesting kind of rereading that radical experience that he had and then eventually moving from that into ministry. On my part, it was a more gradual thing. It was little drops of information um, that were dropped into my life until I was finally dragged kicking and screaming <laughs> into, into something that, into a call that had been on my life the whole time, but I've resisted. Um, so in our, in our first discussion, we kind of talked about the, the initial stages. What happens when people experience a call? Um, uh, sometimes you're told by someone, sometimes uh, you feel, the calling deep inside yourself, just like my dad did. Um, I was told my dad felt it. Um, there are other people who go to it as a last resort for jobs. And then we talked about kind of what happens through the training and the interviews and the deployment and sort of that initial experience and how to return to that place of calling. Right now, I'd like to move into, I'd like to move the discussion into, into what happens when you're finally in the business of doing things. Um, in, in, in a conversation with my dad, um, he, t he talked about two interesting phenomena. We're going we're gonna to unpack them, but I'm just going to kind of highlight them for you right now. He talked about sort of the copycat um, syndrome where, where when you get into ministry, you're looking over the fence at other churches and you're looking, ooh, that looks cool. I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to be like that. I want to have that title. I want to, you know, I want my projector to look like that, my sound system to look like that. <laughs> so there's a copycat syndrome. And then on the other side of it, there's the maintenance syndrome where you enter into a, an already established congregation. Um, this is particularly with legacy churches like the Anglican church. Um, and the church has already decided who they are and what they're doing. And all they want you to do is come in and maintain it. Um, and, and so you get kind of stuck in this, in this fight, so um, let's let's start with a let's let's start with a copycat one because that that one's fun. Um, uh, what what's going on when people uh, that what's going on when people kind of get into ministry and want to copy everything that's happening around them? Um, it's it's very difficult to uh, pin down individual persons who get into this mode that we are mm. talking about, mm. but it it it's roughly uh, not being able to know by the time one finishes training, mm. not being able to know where one's strength is mm. or what what where one's gifts 
are mm. so that you are floundering around and wondering whether to do it like so-and-so, to do it like so-and-so is the best way to do ministry. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, so when, when it comes to that, uh, then you are not stable. You are not stable. Mm. One, of my, um, one of my leaders at one time uh, called this having no backbone. Mm. having no backbone. You do not have your own stand on things. You have not sieved out of all these things through the training, through the experience. You have not sieved out who you are, what you are. And, uh, we talked about last time, we talked about being related to the one who called. Mm. And we are, we are not following the one who called. We are just mm. following uh, mm. what we see is in 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 shape it's like 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 the young people uh looking at uh, the new fashion yeah. and they want to follow it yes uh, without any reason whatsoever yes uh, so at so and so's ministry if there's a church there's so much noise and it seems people are enjoying it and i want noise at my church ah. um, yeah Oh, there is uh, something that seems to be attracting young people. I want it in my church. Or <laughs> there is something that, uh, yeah, uh, because because one hasn't really established themselves where they really are mm. uh, as, as a minister. Who, who, mm. who am I in this in this whole maze of, of work for Jesus Christ? It is. It is a very difficult thing. I, I'll speak. I'll speak honestly. It is a, a lot. It, it is very. It is very challenging to kind of get to that place where you understand uniquely who you are, um, and uniquely how and how God has uniquely gifted to you to have a unique um, impact and imprint in the congregation or the place that you have been placed. Um, but I the. Just, 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 just for the sake of asking the question. So, um, I, there's there's a side of copycatting that we know is obviously wrong. Um, you know, you, you see someone's platform, you want to have it. You know, there's there's something broken inside of you. We call it sin that that desires that covets um, the other person's ministry. Ooh, they have a big. We want to be like that. There's the there's a part of having no backbone of just not knowing who you are and and what you're supposed to whatever but how about the part of like could it be useful sort of as 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 a learning tool to say hey i tried that i tried that um it didn't work you know i look at what someone else is doing and go could it perhaps work for me what do you think about that the place to begin is not where they are Mm. But where I am, mm. where I am, if I have been appointed to a parish ministry, mm. to a parish situation, mm. or if I have been given a job in one of the churches uh, as a youth minister or something like that, mm. or, or the first place to begin is where I am. Mm. Where I am then will enable me to know what I need. Mm. And what I need is different from being a copycat. Mm. If, for instance, I have seen in a particular church, let's use the parish as an example, mm. if I have seen a particular church being strengthened by cell ministry, by mm. cell groups, mm. 
and uh, my 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 interest my grounding my my need is that my church would be strong mm. would be strength then uh, it's okay to go and ask even ask talk about in my in my ministry in my ministry as a, a, past, a parish pastor um I talked to many, many, mm -hmm. many pastors. Many pastors, both from the, uh, uh, being an Anglican, I talked to even Pentecostals. Mm -hmm. I talked to uh, uh, Anglican ministers. I, because I wanted my church to be, oh, blessed. Uh, no, blessed is not a good, uh, to be strong. Mm -hmm. My church was so weak. I didn't have young people. I didn't uh have uh, a ministry to speak of mm. we didn't have money we didn't have so i had to look around to see mm. where do i go mm -hmm. so that change happens mm. into my people mm. not the change that so that i may stand up and they say ah uncle ben uncle ben <laughs> no, but that there's change that yeah. happens because God has called me and placed me in this place. Yes, I was sent there by the mm. bishop. Mm. But really, is the bishop the one who called me to ministry? No. So who am I serving? The bishop yes. was. Uh, we will come back to that another time. Mm. But the wh how, what do I want for my flock? What, what do I want for my flock? So I will look for where grass is green, mm. and I will take my flock there mm. to feed Interesting. So um, all, all of it, you, 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 you have to return to that place of, first of all, who called you? You need to remember who called you. And the, right. and, 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 the, and the person that called you, God, Jesus, who called you, um, made you, empowered you, gifted you uniquely. And so you have to stand in that. And then also you have to uh, minister from where God has placed you. Not, not, not um, and so when you bring things in or, or when you bring ideas in, it is to do the work that God has placed you in, not to not to always kind of be in this sort of comparison thing, looking over the fence, trying to be like someone else. Exactly, exactly. Hmm. Um, what what I'd like to add on at that at this point is hmm. that uh, um, once you have been called and you remember who called you, mm. there are two things that are very, very important at that mm. time. Mm. One is studying the word. Mm. Studying the word for myself. Mm. For myself, but all, mm. as well as studying the word for the others. Mm. But also, my own time to pray. Mm. My private time with my Lord, my question time, mm. my frustration time, moment of when I'm frustrated, where do I go? Mm. I have to go back to the one who... So, so out of our relationship, yeah. then he built something in me yeah. that he would like to accomplish in this place. Mm. Then I can find, uh, just like the African tradition, then yeah. I can find the food anywhere to feed my flock because yeah. we are growing this way yeah i i find it interesting you know like um so simon who eventually becomes peter 
out of Simon's relationship with Jesus, P- uh, Jesus changes his name and says, you are now Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Or, or, like, or, or, or Saul, who we, who we eventually know as Paul. Out of Saul's relationship with Jesus, the risen Christ, um, his name is changed from Saul to Paul. It's like they find their, it's like from their relationship with, with Jesus, Jesus says, this is who you are. This is how I have gifted you. I'm in fact giving you a new name to, to indicate who you are and the way in which I'm going to use you in my kingdom. That is so cool. Yeah, but remember, remember Peter spent mm. awful amount of time yeah. with the Lord. He spent three years, uh, yes. Yeah, and, and in, uh, Peter, an instance, Peter is visiting his friend called Simon in Joppa. Yes. yes. And, and uh, he is in prayer. Yeah. On, he leaves the whole family down and he goes on top of the roof. Yeah. He is praying and then there's this vision that comes in. Yeah. Uh, of, of, of so kill and eat and all that. And yes. that... Uh, and uh, Cornelius's people, they are, they are, they come in looking for him. Mm. He has been transformed because he was in a relationship with Jesus Christ alone on the top of the roof. Yes. So he's no longer going not to go to the Gentiles. Yeah. He has been changed. Mm-hmm. And for Paul, yes, he spent as he writes to us in the epistles, he spent three years. Yeah. At, at the feet of Jesus Christ in Arabia, for goodness' yes. sake. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that that, that time, mm-hmm. we don't have to have that time. We don't have that time. Mm-hmm. When you are placed in a ministry situation, you don't have necessarily have that time. Mm-hmm. But there is time to put aside, time yep. to put aside once a week or something and and you uh you get in touch. Yes, you cannot with, um... As, as, as we talked about in the previous episode, you cannot be an effective minister if you are not a follower. You cannot be an yes. effective minister if you are not in relationship. The ministry is birthed in the place of relationship. Without relationship, without cultivating that space and that place for relationship, ministry does not happen. Um, so that, that's so cool. Um, so, uh, oh, I lost my notes. <laughs> so let's... let's 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 move to the other side. So there's the there's the copycat over here, um, who needs to figure out who they are and needs to work it out in relationship. But then some people, um, and and I know that you have experiences because I'm your son and because I walked and watched you. Um, <laughs> The, 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 the sometimes when you enter into a ministry situation and, and the people to whom you have been sent by your bishop or whatever have decided that their congregation looks like this and only does these things and whatever. And so your job as parish priest is to come in and maintain it. Your job as pastor, in quotes, is to come and maintain what was already established. Talk a little bit about that. And in the maintenance, you have a, a church council. Mm. Oh, yes, yes. And there is a struggle between who is now the leader. Yeah. The person who has come in into pastoral ministry or the, the council that has been elected by the congregation. Yes. As, as part of the leadership. 
<laughs> but on top of that, in the Anglican Church, especially as the one I know better, which is Church of Uganda, yeah. then there is bishop. So yeah. there are three powers. Yes. There are three powers. There are three power positions mm-hmm. of what must dictate what you do mm-hmm. in the place where you have been put. Mm-hmm. First, you are appointed mm-hmm. by the bishop to a place, mm-hmm. to a position. Mm-hmm. And a letter comes to you and you are going to this and the other place for this and this ministry. Mm-hmm. And we don't question that. In the Church of Uganda, we don't question that. Uh, it does come because, from the bishop you go. Yeah, because on the day of ordination, we are told to remember, we are called to remember that we have to obey our ordinary. Mm. We have to obey our leaders. So you go. But you go uh, and you are not exactly uh, sure of the place you are being appointed to go to. Mm. And uh, you are hoping that when you get there, you will learn about the, that place, that parish, if we may use the parish again. You'll learn uh, from that parish what it is mm. like to be their minister. And, uh, but then they have their own agenda mm. because they are the leaders of the people. They are the lay leaders of the people where you've been sent. Mm-hmm. So the dynamics of pulling out ministry in that sense becomes extreme. Extremely difficult, and so some of the clergy decide, okay, um, this is the agenda. Mm-hmm. This is the, the minutes of the last meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, the direction which I have found the church is going, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to rock this boat. Rock the boat. So yeah. I will try as much as possible to maintain what is already established. Going, yeah, yeah established. And, um, and, and, but others, but others, of course, reach, um, they, they will be called that they are rebelling, they are rebellious. <laughs> uh, I'll come back to that in a little while, but let me first finish this one. Yeah. This one goes and settles down mm-hmm. to do what, what is there, mm. what is done. They meet every month in mm. the church leadership council mm-hmm. and make decisions. And mm-hmm. after they have made decisions, then uh, they follow them up the following uh, month uh, with the minutes, yeah. the last meeting, what the decisions they made and how they carried out the decisions. Mm. They do not give the you, the person that has been sent to them, they don't give you the opportunity to say what you feel is needed in the place. Mm. And so, if you are not a fighter, what do you do? Mm. You, just, you just maintain what is going on. Yeah. Just maintain. If there are any building project, you go on with building. You, yeah. you are ready into the fundraising of the, of, for, for the building. And if they have a, or whatever, if they are an evangelist, evangelistic church, they are into evangelism. They, they, you get swallowed up into that, and you go with them to for evangelism. You make sure that you raise money for evangelism. You know that is what 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 is there. What mm. you have found is what you maintain. Mm. Mm. And then, usually, when you do that, the uh, leadership of the parish think you are a good pastor. 
Ah. <laughs> and the word, the word may go to the bishop that you are good. And so you may be made uh, a canon. Ah. Or you may be you may be made an archdeacon. Yes. Uh, uh, but if you are radical, yes, you you end up not being <laughs> kind of looked at. <laughs> so um, so um. The uh, because of the structure of the parishes, um, it's probably it's probably as a result of the laws of the country that a parish needs to have a church council in order to be in compliance with a not-for-profit status or something. Is that correct? No, uh, the way the church was established, yes. um, the Anglican Church, right from the days of Reformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a two-tier church. Uh, yes, yes, okay. There is uh, the clerical line, and then the lay leadership. Oh, okay. Okay. I guess, I guess, I was thinking, I was thinking about it in a North American context because in Canada, if you are not for profit, like most um, all churches actually are not for profits, um, in order to maintain your not for profit status, you also have to have uh, a board. Um, in the Anglican Church in Canada, then the uh, the board becomes the Church Council. Uh, yeah. But yeah, okay. So 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 the the Anglican Church historically, since the Reformation, has been set up as a two tier leadership system, as as a, as a, a, a trained leaders and lay leaders with a bishop above. Yes. Okay. So um, so in in the in the maintenance of the status quo. Uh, well, in, 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 in a situation where you're in the status, maintaining the status quo. Um, now, I, you, my dad, and me, we're not status quo people. We rock the boat. But, <laughs> but let's, let's pretend that we were status quo people. <laughs> okay. Let's pretend that we but you started the pretense, so we we'll see. What <laughs> let's let's say for a moment that we were status quo people. Um, okay. What what does that do? How have, how does that affect a person's sense of calling? Have you have you seen it among your friends? Have you seen um, how their sense of calling to ministry has been affected? Um, you've been in ministry for much much longer than I have. Um, what would you say to that? Like, how would you feel that would affect you personally? But also, how have you seen it affect um, uh, other ministers around you? It's very, very disarming, to say yeah. the least. Uh, because you're not regarded as somebody who has something to bring in, except maybe uh, on occasional, occasional Sunday someone. Wow. In some of the churches, actually, you're not, you may not be allowed to preach a consecutive series of sermons because they want to hear from other people. Wow! So um, you may, yeah, and and chairing and chairing the council and uh, and working out, trying to see that the resolutions are carried out, hmm. and that is very very dis- discouraging for the, somebody who comes and would wish to do something, would feel that they are called to accomplish something mm. in their ministry and they are not be, being given space. Mm. And um, sometimes some would try to force it and then they end up, they end up into trouble. Yeah, you end up they in a power up. struggle with the laity. 
Yes, I know when, 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 for instance, when a minister who was transferred to this large church, and uh, when he came, the first uh, in the first month of meeting, uh, he sat down this council, church mm-hmm. council, and started reading to them what he felt the Lord was calling him to do when he is their minister. Yes, they they responded to him that they do not. He does not have the uh, the right to have vision for their church because they have the vision for their church and ended up being that the, the, this particular minister had to fall out of this place wow uh, because he wanted to move the community to some other level and they refused wow they refused. so so does um so i i, I suspect that I suspect that some churches suffer from having a, a church council that is not that is not a praying council, that is not a council that studies the Bible together, that is not a council that is seeking the direction that God is calling. Um, and so when you have someone who comes in who feels that God is speaking and you have a council that might not be on the same page necessarily it might do you think that it might be because the council is just not uh, they're not about praying and sort of seeking the will of god for where things should go um in 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 most churches mm-hmm. um let me illustrate this with the constitution uh, yeah. of most churches where I have interacted with others or been part of it myself, that the constitution uh, that, the, uh, that, that governs the church mm. suggests or t- tells that um, the person uh, to be chairman will be the, 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 the leader, the, the uh, ordained leader, or mm. minister, mm. parish priest. Yes, and uh, but then they, they divide up themselves into their different roles, and some are for missions, some are for this, some for the other, and uh, and they 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 work out the roles of each one of them, the the the, the council members to lead a section of ministry mm-hmm. in the church. So it depends on what that leader has a vision. Yes, and whether that leader really knows. Yeah, if I may use a wrong way of expressing it, but so that I may be understood, mm-hmm. um, whether that leader even knows Jesus, mm. even knows the scriptures, mm. whether they have prayer time themselves. Mm. Mm. Uh, but but they become leaders because at the choosing of the leaders. Uh, there's a proposition, and yes. you propose so and so, and somebody seconded, and they vote for them yeah. to be a part of the. It, they do not ask any other questions. Mm. So, so, uh, so, you, so, end so up, you can easily, sorry, you can easily sorry, you can, you can easily end up with a team that is not Bible uh, um, literate. Yeah. Oh, that is a praying, a praying team. So, so, um, so there's two things happening at the same time. Um, the the church council is not just are not just a council of of advisors. They are also 
um, in charge of, of certain silos of ministry, uh, missions, worship, I don't know, treasurer, whatever. The parish priest is just the chair of the council. Um, right. And then also in the election process of the council, it's more like a popularity contest, would you say? Yeah. The, who's the most yeah. popular, who's the best known or the, the, uh, the most influential person in this community, regardless of whether they have a relationship with Christ or not? Exactly. exactly. Okay. Most, most churches, mm. some churches have gone beyond that after mm. a period of time. Mm. Uh, they have gone uh, beyond that. They ask whether they have these particular people, whether they have testimony, whether they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, but that does not get asked at the voting time. Huh. It gets asked some other time. Okay. Um, uh, some some churches are put on a saving uh, um, okay selection times yes. of who to present to the congregation for voting, ah. and those are ask those questions. Yeah. Okay. So um, so what if you are a, a, a leader? You know, you felt the sense of calling on your life, and you've gone through all the training. The bishop has recommended you. He's posted you to a place. You get there and you find that you're in this situation where you have a church council who requires you to maintain things, um, but you have a sense that God is maybe calling you to, 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 to shape things a little bit differently. How would you go about that? First is to remember that the bishop has appointed you to that place. place and there must be a, a, a reason, a divine reason. The, the bishop is the administrator as well as the head and father of the church. Yeah. But the, 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 there is someone who called you. Remember where we started? Yes. There is someone who called you. Yes. And you have to go to this person who called you, to God himself. Yes. Yes. And ask, okay, what, uh, what you look at what is happening. Mm -hmm. You're almost like the Zedekiah, the, the I think Zedekiah, putting the, the letter before God in the, in the temple when he was threatened by five kings going to destroy him. Yes. Uh, and say, this is the situation. Where mm -hmm. do I go next? Mm -hmm. You have to take on retreats. You have to, 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 to find, to seek God, to be, because you do not want conflict with the people where you have gone. You want yeah. to introduce something that uh, it will be accepted. Yeah. And just like uh, um, uh, the New Testament says, I think, uh, that uh, when you go to a particular place, mm. look for a person, mm. look for a person, mm. and there will be a person somewhere in your community where you have been sent, mm. who you begin to see as you interact with them, yes. begin to see, I could talk to this person. Ah. And then you talk to that person. That person will give you uh, the keys, yes. the keys of, of how to, to get into their community. Yes, yes. You do not rush. Um, mm. If I gave my own... Uh, uh, my own self, as an example, I was posted to the St. Francis uh, Chapel mm. and for over three years, mm. over three years, mm. over three years, I would come and sit in that place alone 
and I would spend hours praying, mm-hmm. and I would go into the Word, and I would just study the Bible, and then I would get some idea, I would write it down, mm-hmm. and then because my wife is my ministry partner, really, mm-hmm. I would go back home and share it with her, mm-hmm. and she would either rebuke me and say, that is too much, or that is whatever, and then I would go back. Yeah. But it took more than three years before anything, anything of any significance was introduced in that community. Ha! Huh, fascinating. So you have to you have to have a sense. Well, you have to be like like we've talked about in these two episodes. You have to have the, that deep relationship with Jesus, one that is one that is maintained and held in a place of prayer and study. Um, I guess you have to have a sense of discernment um, when when it's time to move or when it's time to wait, or or even yeah. whether the plans that you have in your head are being led by God or not. And then I, I really liked I really liked the point of of somebody will be sent you. There will be someone who will be sent to you that will help you decode the 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 the, the culture of the congregation. Um, the power brokers at the congregation, because we work with people, um, and like it or not, churches can be uh, can be messy spaces where you need to know this person is a good person to work with, this one is a problem person to work with. Don't step over there. Don't. <laughs> you need someone. You when when you're new to a congregation or when you're still trying to figure it out, you need someone to help you kind of decode it. And for you, as, as you said, that process took you over three years um, at St. Francis right. to walk it through, to pray it through, to discern it, to have people to kind of teach you and say, hey, here's how things actually are. Right, right. And, uh, and um, uh, during this time, hmm. uh, I had the great sense of uh, changing a way of of electing the leaders into this uh, church council, mm. and um, the the leading that I had from the Spirit was to teach on leadership mm. in the New Testament church. Mm. Who was qualified to be a leader mm. in the New Testament church times? Mm. And by the time I finished the teaching, which took me um, almost a month, mm-hmm. by the time I finished the teaching, then some started understanding that they cannot be in leadership if they are this and this and this of the qualifications that either Paul or Peter or you know gives mm-hmm. um, uh, as as. Uh, not not good for leader in the church, mm. and then they, they then they would whenever they would be nominated, yeah, they would say I'm not standing. Yeah, so you kind and, of you, uh, you kind of took them through you took them through the t- Paul's like letters to Timothy about who's supposed to be a leader in church and all that, who about the qualifications yes. of leadership? Yeah, yes, yes, and and because I was using the Bible and these people Ugandan. Ugandan Church, Church of Uganda in particular, they yeah. respect the Bible. Yeah. They believe what the Bible says is the truth. Mm-hmm. So I was able to bring out of the, what do they trust, or the, the Bible they trust, 
to bring out who qualifies to be a leader in the church. Mm-hmm. And they accepted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of the mm-hmm. breakthrough. Mm-hmm. So I guess what you're saying is that, I guess what you're saying is that, is that with legacy churches, I call the Anglican church a legacy church. It's been there for over a hundred years, established, fully established for over a hundred years. When you enter into a legacy church, um, you have to do it wisely. Um, you can't do it at a high speed um, and just be like a bull in a china shop wanting to go in there and smash things and move things around. You have to be wise and discerning as you navigate the process as a leader. Um, and as you move them, hopefully, towards the vision that God has placed in your heart, that God reveals in your heart for the congregation. Yes, it, and it has to be for that particular congregation. Yes, because or you can, you can look at what other people are doing. Yeah. And you can appreciate what they're doing in their own setting. Yeah. But what about here? What yeah. about here where, where I have been blessed? And that should be interpreted. Everything should be interpreted in the sense that you know where you have been put. You have studied your environment. You have studied the community where you are. And yeah. you see what applies and what doesn't apply. Um, so, uh, okay, we, we, we're kind of coming towards the end of our, of our time, but, but, but just, just before we end, talk, talk a little bit about studying your community. Um, studying your community. When you are sent into a community as the ministry leader or the priest, parish priest or whatever ministry the, the, the name is used in a particular uh, denominational church line. Mm. Um, there are people who are there. Mm. And of course, that is why you have been sent there. Mm. And these people have not just come together because you have been put there. Yes. They were there. Mm. Yours, even if you want to grow the church, you will have the people that you find there. Yes. These people you find there have established, have been living because of certain things. There are some things that are important to them. Mm. There are other things that they are carrying on as a, as, as a um, tradition. Mm. They may not even understand those traditions, but they are carrying on as, as time goes by because that's what they've been doing. Mm. So but among them, there will be some people who will try you out Mm. who will try you out in the sense that they want to see whether you're going to fit or you're not going to fit yes and they will be ready to take the the report to the bishop who sent you yes either in the letter they write a letter to the bishop or they call him they want to go and see him yes or kind of but there will be others who if you are interested if you have the discerning you yeah. begin to see that they, they are beginning to be interested in the fact that you're there. Mm. And you approach them, you visit them, you uh, want to talk with them, you have a cup of tea or something with them. Mm. Um, you, you are not talking about anything else, but you are yeah. talking about the fact that you are new yes. and like not to mess up and yeah. what are the important points that you need to take care, uh, take note of and yeah. all these kind of things. 
Yeah. So that so that you are at at a particular time you can stand and say, I begin now to understand what drives this community. Yes. Yes. I guess and, some uh, some people will test you, but uh, a lot of people will give you a chance. Yes, they will give you a chance. And those are the one one I'm talking about are the chance mm. people. Mm. Um and there's there always is someone, like mm. always is someone who will come, who will show interest in what uh, is happening. Mm. If you are a man, please be careful. Mm-hmm. Don't, even if it is a lady who begins to show this interest, be careful. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Okay? Yes. Find a, if we're a woman, find a woman. Yes, yes. Okay? That is safer. Yes. <laughs> Can you begin to have some tea with so-and-so's wife or with this girl who has been married? Yeah, the word will go around. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you have to be discerning. Wow. Yes. Um, it's, it's interesting because um, I guess um, in coming to this conversation, you know, there's, there's, there's a sense in which in which it is it is so easy to look for a simple answer to be like hey give me the formula x plus y equals z if i do this yeah. and this and this this is the way that things will go at a congregation where i've been asked to maintain things or yes. if i do x plus y plus z this is how i will get away from 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 being a copycat leader but i guess I guess the challenge that you have put in front of us is to kind of understand the context that you're in um, have a strong relationship with Jesus uh, to make sure that you're always returning to the one who called you for, for, yeah. for, for guidance. Um, and then, um, and then also looking out for the people that God will send that will help you in the journey. Um, so that's, that's really cool. Um, I, I've, I've enjoyed our conversation. Is there one last thing you'd like to say before we end it? Um, there's, one thing that I would like that would be part of the guiding of the finding what you need mm. uh, in the place where you are. Mm. And this word is called mission. Mm. We are sent out on mission by Jesus Christ. Mm. So if nothing contributes to mission, and mission has been interpreted in many ways by different uh, theologians and teachers. But what I'm talking about is Jesus sending out out simply to make disciples Mm. of Jesus Christ in all the nations. Mm. Okay? And um, to make disciples, Mm. you are make a setting in this particular place where I have been located. Mm. How do I make disciples? Mm. How do I reach out to make more disciples for Jesus Christ? Mm. If that is the guiding sense and interest, then you are in the right place. Mm. It doesn't matter whether the place is so dead, depending on how they describe the place where I will put you, whether Mm -hmm. it is dead or whether it is uh, strong or whatever it is. But Mm-hmm. What is mission? What mission are you going to carry out in this place other than making disciples? If there is not anything else, mm-hmm. then from it. Yeah. 
Wow. I think that's a really cool place to end. In fact, I'm going to read from Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. This is the passage of the Bible that's called the Great Commission. And it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching to them and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I guess I guess that's a great way to kind of encapsulate this conversation, to say when we return to that place of calling, it is to that commission that Jesus gave um, all those thousands of years ago that has never changed. That is the mission of the church. Um, So, and I guess that sets us up for uh, more conversations down the road where we can talk about um, community-specific mission and vision and stuff like that, because I know you love to talk about that stuff. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, sign off. We'll, we'll sign off right now. My name is Paul Mugarra, and I've been having a conversation with my dad, Benoni Mugarra. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. Dad, would you like to say anything as we close? And now I would accept it to wish them peace, shalom, and uh, let's meet again um, as the Lord continues to teach us. May God's peace and blessing be with you as has been prayed for you. Amen. Amen. Amen.